All right. Hallelujah. All right. It is a packed house today. Be sure to uh, be sure to fill up any empty seats. Hey, just a, a word of caution: the clock in the back is incorrect. So, uh, no, it is not. The praise did not go that long. Okay, actually, uh, our praise time today was uh, a little bit shorter than normal. But um, right now, I just want to uh, welcome everybody. Hi, my name is uh, Christian. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here at New Philly. And uh, I just want to welcome everybody here to church today. Welcome to New Philadelphia. Woo! And uh, today is Friendship Sunday. So everyone was encouraged to invite a family, friend, co-worker out. So uh, if that's you, if this is your first time today, uh, I just want to thank you for coming. Uh, we know our church is not easy to find. Uh, God bless you and, and, and how you came today. And uh, God bless you if you plan to return. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, and uh, I'm glad every one of you all made it here. In fact, um, if it's your first time today, we want to honor you. Okay, We have a welcoming team in the back and they have welcoming gifts ready. And we just want to honor you and just say, uh, we're really glad that you came today. So if this is your first time today, all right, if you can just stand to your feet, we just want to honor and welcome you. All right. Come on, New Philly, let's, let's honor all the newcomers. All right. Let's hook them up. Hook them up with those gifts. All right, we got a lot more. Come on, move, move, move. Come on, welcome team. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right, we'll, we'll collect uh, $5 for those gift bags later from you guys. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. It's free. It's free. All right. Um, uh, right now, I want you to turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, and say, it's good to be in the house of God. Come on. Come on, give him a high five. Bring it back to the early 90s. All right, actually, right now, um, what I'm going to ask you to do is, uh, I'm going to get everyone, get a little uncomfortable. Everyone, stand to your feet. I want you to meet at least two or three, about two or three new people. Ask them their name, where they're from. And if you are a New Philly member and you don't have your name tag, Please go and pick up your name tag right now. Okay, I'm going to give you guys about five minutes. Meet about two or three people. New Philly members, get your name tags. It's very important today. Go get your name tags if you don't have it. Thank you. Who'd you meet? Who'd you get to meet? Name one person you met. Sammy. Sammy's from where? Australia. Australia, okay. You met a what? A cute lady? A oh, cute baby. I'm about to say, bro. <laughs> okay, a cute baby. All right. Uh, Jerry, who'd you get to meet? Brian. Where's Brian from? He's from Korea. Okay. All right. All right. Brian from Korea. All right. Let's see. Lydia, who'd you meet? Oh, okay. Myung-suk and... Myung-su. Myung-su and Sunga. Okay. From Australia. All right. All right. Very good. In, in your bulletin, if you open up your bulletin, every newcomer should have gotten a little Bible verse stapled to the top right of your bulletin. 
Okay, if you're a newcomer and you don't have a Bible verse stapled to your top right, raise your hand. We'll make sure you get you one. Okay, make sure we get one right there. We have another one here. All right. Right now, what I'm going to do is, in this, let's do this, you know, for, for a little bit of fun and fellowship. Uh, in this hat uh, are the Bible references to every single Bible verse that's out there. So, our brother Roy, he uh, made a unique Bible verse for each and every newcomer. Okay, and so we wanted to just bless you. We believe the Word of God is the Word of God, and we believe that we believe it's a blessing when you receive it into your spirit. So, uh, in this hat, I got all the Bible references in here. So I'm going to draw out. A few here, one by one. And if you have that Bible verse, okay, you're going to get a prize. All right. Okay, it's not an iPod, I'm sorry, or iPhone. Okay, but it is a prize. Okay, it's a prize. And we, we just want to uh, welcome you and, and just make your, uh, your Friendship Sunday here a little more memorable. And... Uh, but before I give you the prize, uh, uh, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. So let's start. Let's start. Okay, here comes the first person. All right. Psalm 139, verse 1. Anyone have Psalm 139, verse 1? Raise your hand. Psalm 139, verse 1. Psalm is spelled P-S-A-L-M. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to go to the next one. There we go, okay. If you have Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 4, raise your hand. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 4. All right, there you go. All right, brother, here. Okay, if you could stand to your feet, I'm going to give you this mic, and I'm going to just ask you a couple questions. Hi. My name is Kevin. I'm from New York. From New York? In New York. You know that new Jay-Z song? When we were visiting New York, that's the song kept coming on the radio. Uh, if you could read your Bible verse for us. Yeah. Oof, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Amen. All right. Amen. All right. That's a good Bible verse. That doesn't, doesn't mean that uh, God's going to send some suffering into your life. Okay. <laughs> Not like that. But, but you know, in the, in the future, you just want to hold on to that truth if, if that applies to you. Your name is Kevin, right? Yeah. Kevin from New York. Okay. Kevin, uh, may I ask you what you're doing here in Korea? Uh, teaching. Teaching? Yeah. Or, or, CDI. Where, where are you teaching? Oh, I'm teaching at uh, Ilsan. Ilsan, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All the... <laughs> Who's the, who is the friend that invited you today? Uh, Matthew. Matthew Coe. Matthew Coe, all right. Yeah. All right, very good. Has your relationship with Matthew been very good thus far? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, very good. Yeah, uh, Kevin, what, what, are, what are some of your favorite like, hobbies and interests? Hobbies, um, I write, like, okay. I like writing, yeah. What kind of I writing are you, kind of, are you into? A boring life, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really interesting. Um, mostly fiction. Fiction, fiction oh, writing, nice. Yeah. Hopefully I can get some creative inspiration out of Korea while I'm here. All right. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, you know, if you, if you, if you write a book, you know, make, make, make sure you get me a copy. I want to I read. I will, no. <laughs> Do you have a blog? No, I don't. No, uh, I'm not just, crazy. I should write a blog. Yeah, just start a blog. I will definitely know. Do, do you have a Twitter account? Make sure you get a Twitter account yeah, too. Yeah, no, I gotta get. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's uh, let's uh, let's welcome Kevin to our church. All right, you can take your seat, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for being a good sport. Here comes number two. All right, Lamenta- lamentations. 
Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. All right, we got a winner back there. All right. Oh, he's excited. Okay. <laughs> All right. Our brother, why don't you tell us your name? My name is Job. I, I like uh, Old Testament. Job. Oh, I like it. Your name is Job, Job like yeah, J-O-B. Yeah. Oh, Job. wow, Job. Okay. All right. Diesel. All right. Our, our Job, could you read the uh, Bible verse for us? Yeah, Lamentation chapter 3:22. Because of the law, great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion never pearl, pearl, pearl. Right? right? Right, amen, amen. That's a good amen. Bible verse. All right. All right. All right. Job, you, you are on fire. You are passionate. What, what, what do you do in, uh, what do you do for a living, Job? Job? Uh, my major is theology. Uh, I study I graduated school and maybe next year. Oh, okay. I, study. I'm, I live in Goshiwon. Chomma Goshiwon. Goshiwon is like a small little dorm. Yeah. It's like really cheap housing here. Yeah, yeah. I'm very... what, what do you hope to do after you graduate? Uh, I hope uh, uh, United States of America and uh, Westminster. Oh, oh, you want to study in Westminster? Yeah, Westminster. The one on the East Coast or the West Coast? Uh, 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 West Coast, West Coast. Oh, West Coast. <laughs> West Side. Okay, all right. Okay, all right, all right. Job. Uh, all right, let's welcome Job. All right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hey, why, why do you hold on to them? All right. Let me let me go to number three here. All right. Let's see. Who else are we going to meet? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. Good verse. Isaiah 40, verse 11. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. All right. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter... Chapter 5, 1st Pedro in Spanish. Okay, here we go. All right, we're, we're, we're on the roll here. Okay, John chapter 3, verse 17. John chapter 3, verse 17. Oh, we got somebody back there. Can you please check your jubo? Everyone, look, please look at your bulletin. <laughs> oh, we have Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. All right, come on, stand to your feet. All right. All right, brother. Okay, what is your name and where are you from? Uh, my name is Ryan and I'm from Korea. All right. Uh, Ryan, are you, are you like a B-boy or something? Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, you, you just like the hood. You like, you like to keep the hood on. All right, all right, looking fresh. All right. Ryan, could you read the Bible verse for us? Yeah. Uh, I can't speak English well. It's okay. Just do your uh, best. Isaiah 4.11 He tends his flock like a shop hell. He gathers the rams in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently reads those that have young. All right, let's encourage Ryan. That's, that's good stuff. Uh, hold on, you're not done yet. Uh, Ryan, what do you do? What do you do? Are you a student? Are you, are you working? Uh, I'm a student. You're a student. Okay. What are you studying in, in what school? I'm uh, elementary school. Elementary school. You're studying in elementary school? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Oh, I you're studying elementary school teacher. Oh, yeah. okay. You're studying to be an elementary school teacher. All right. What what college? Uh, Seoul. I Seoul National Education of Yeah, Seoul Gyo yeah. Oh, wow. Seoul National. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. So, so y- y- you're pretty smart. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's hear it for Ryan. All right. That's good. 
All right. I think we got one more of these gift certificates, so we'll just meet one more person. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. All right, we got it right here. All right. All right, I, I know this person already. I met her earlier. Her name is Eva or Eva. All right. Eva, why don't you tell us where you're from and what you're doing? Hello, everybody. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm from Korea and um, I came to Korea from the Philippines. I'm studying in the Philippines. I'm and I came here to enjoy my vacation. Yeah. All right. Eva's actually the niece of missionary David that we work with in the Philippines MPWN Center. That's that's his niece. All right. Eva, could you read the Bible verse for us? Yeah. Uh, Luke chapter one verse thirty-seven. <clears throat> for nothing is impossible with God. <laughs> Amen. All right. That's a good Bible. All right. All right. Eva, what, what do you uh, want to do? What do you want to do with your life? What are some of your dreams and aspirations? Actually, I'm planning to be a hotel restaurant manager. Uh, I'm praying for it and I still need to uh, go forward more steps. And yeah, I have to do some yeah, more studies than I am doing now. So please pray for me. All right, all right. And Eva wants to study in Switzerland in the future. So she's praying about that. So if you want to bless her in that way later, be sure to pray, pray for her and bless her. All right, let's welcome Eva to New Philadelphia. All right, thank you very much. All right, let's get that mic back. All right, so we got a lot of wonderful people visiting here today. Uh, I want to just encourage everybody uh, just to uh, step out and just meet some new people, uh, greet them, welcome them, and just bless them. Uh, whether they're here for a week, whether they're here long term and they're looking for a church or they're just kind of discovering what spirituality is all about. Let's just really bless them and, and honor them and welcome their presence. All right. Um, if you have a Bible, I want to ask you guys to turn to Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Uh, if you don't, don't worry about it. You can look up at the PowerPoint and we'll have this passage available for you. But if you do have a Bible, please turn to Luke chapter 15. Verse 11. Alright. Now, this passage today contains the famous story of the prodigal son. Alright, if you know the old House, House of Pain song, hip-hop song, Jump. All right, even House of Pain knows about the prodigal son. Just like the prodigal son, I return. Anyone stepping to me will get burned. All right, I'm going to stop. All right. <clears throat> now, some of you may know the story. For others, it may be your first time hearing it. But I want to talk about it today because I think it's a wonderful story revealing to us the heart of God. The heart of God. You know, oftentimes we get focused upon the requirements and the laws of God or the wrath and the judgment of God. And when Jesus came onto this earth, he spoke a lot of parables. And through these parables, he tried to communicate the heart of God. The heart of God. And I think it's very important. And so I want, I want to look at it. Let's look at verse 11. Luke 15, verse 11. And the parable goes like this. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. All right, let's, we'll stop there. The story begins with the younger son asking his father for his inheritance. Now, there are no reasons given for why the son makes this demand. Perhaps he wanted to travel the world. Perhaps he wanted to get married. Perhaps he was moving to Korea and needed mon money for chunse. Right? I, we, we don't know, but I guess it doesn't really matter what his reason is. But what is noteworthy is the effect of the son's request. You see, 
if you think of it, normally, when does a, when does a son get an inheritance from his father? Yeah. When the, when the father is gone, when he passes away, that's when you get normally an inheritance. Okay. So by demanding the inheritance now, he was saying to his father, Father, I can't wait until you die to get my inheritance. Give it to me now. You know what? You're as good as dead to me. All right. And what the son is doing is, is just very jacked up. It's pretty messed up. If I had a son and he did that to me, I'll be like, I'll give you something. It ain't going to be an inheritance. All right. And the story continues. Let's keep reading. Verse 13. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Or in the ESV, it says reckless living. So in other words, the younger son thought that life at home was pretty boring. So he packed up, and he went to Las Vegas. All right, come on. Let's just put it to real terms that we can relate to today. He went to the city of sin. Has anyone in here been to Las Vegas? Raise your hand. You've been to Las Vegas. Oh, you sinful people. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. Now, I, I have actually been to uh, Las Vegas myself. I used to serve on staff with a Christian college ministry called KCCC. And I remember one year... Going to Vegas for a staff retreat. Okay, you're going to have to talk to my director on that one. Uh, but, you know, we were excited. And let me tell you, Las Vegas is beautiful and exciting for about two hours. Okay, and then after that, there's really nothing left to do unless you have a whole lot of money. And in my humble opinion, the only people that are really happy at Las Vegas are the ones that are squandering their money in wild living. They're the ones that have the best time. And let me ask you all something. How many of you have had a period in your life that you would define as wild living? Come on, don't raise your hand yet. Uh, hey. uh, maybe you're living in it right now. That's why one of our church members invited you to church. Back at home, you're a sweetheart. But you know, there's something about being in a distant land. People get all crazy. They do things that they wouldn't normally do. You know, the same thing happens when young people go to college. Remember your college days? Remember you used to, you used to go clubbing every weekend? But that wasn't the wild part. You would go clubbing during finals. Uh, that's crazy. That's wild. You get high on weed, and when you couldn't afford it, whatever you can get your hands on. All right, whatever other drugs you can get your hands on. You hook up with this guy and that gal, and then all their best friends. Uh, mm -mm -mm. Talk to me, I, I don't know. I, I minister to people. I know their background. I know what people go through. And then whenever you couldn't afford something, you just steal it. Or you would drink, and you would drink alcohol until you black out. You know what I'm talking about? Wild living. Wild living. Come on. Okay, now it's time to raise your hands. How many of you guys will say that you had a period of time in your life or you have right now where you, where you live this life of wild living? Go ahead, raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Come on, you ain't the only one. Wild living. Okay, the rest of y'all saying y'all saints? Okay, all right. All right, wild living. All right, put your hands down. Now, I'm not sure what your wild living looked like. Or what this son in particular in the story, what he was doing. 
All right, but uh, let me just pause here. To make you all feel better, I must confess that as your pastor, I had a period of time that I would accurately describe as while living. Okay? It, it lasted, all right, three whole months. That's right. That's, that's pretty, that's crazy. And I remember I, I squandered. It must have been at least $100 during that time. Okay. For a college student, that was a lot of money. I got buzzed a few times. I got drunk once. Okay. Hey, check this out. I was surrounded by a lot of cigarette smoke. That was wild living, man. And then I was stupid. It was stupid living, too, because I got punched in the face by a bouncer. All right. It's my period of wild living. Hope y'all makes y'all feel better. Now, I'm not sure what your wild living looked like. We're not sure what the, the son in this story, what he was doing in his wild nights out in the town. But what we do know is the next verse, verse 14, tells us that after this period of wild living, the homeboy was flat broke. He had nothing left. All he had left was feelings of shame and regret. Whether you're a Christian or you're not, that's what wild living will do to you if it's left unchecked. You spend everything and be left with nothing. And when you really think about it, wild living could be feel good for a season, but man, in the long run, it's not worth it. Some people lose their money. Some people lose their health. Others lose their families, their friends, their innocence, their dignity. And wild living has a cost. Now, if losing everything wasn't bad enough for this younger son, to make matters worse, a famine hit the land. Okay? In other words, the economy took a nosedive. And swine flu, chicken flu, tuna flu, cow, mad cow, whatever, right? Had infected all the food. There's nothing left to eat. There's just a famine. He's in a bad situation. And this younger son in the story is in a really bad predicament by this verse. And what he does is he tries to make his own. He tries to make it on his own. And he tries to live his own way. And he realized that his wild will was beyond his control. You know, you know, some people who really get into wild living, you relate to this, you know? In the beginning, you do it because you want to. But then later on, you keep going out, but you don't really want it. You want to actually stop because you see the damages of wild living. But you realize you can't really control your will sometimes. It gets a little wild. It's almost like it takes you over. And there's this feeling of not being in control. And then on top of that, the famine revealed that there were things around him that he also could not control. So this younger son, have you ever felt this way? Where you feel like everything's just out of control? You can't control what's around you. You can't control your habits, your addictions. It's not a good feeling when everything feels like it's spinning out of control. You feel very unsafe. Oftentimes, the best way to try to drown it out is to just keep going a while living. Because then at least you don't have to deal with it. You can deal with it later. You ever feel that way? Where you, where you can relate to this? Where you just feel like everything is out of control. And then fear and anxiety, they begin to rule your life. Because I guess anything and everything could really happen if I'm not really in control. This is what the younger son was feeling. Now, the good news is when you put God on the throne of your life, you can trade in your fear for faith. You can trade in your anxiety for peace. No longer do you have to feel like everything is out of control. You can trust that God is in control and that his promises are true. And if you will stand 
on the, on the truth that his promises are true, I'm telling you, his promises will show up. And he will show himself faithful. That's just the character and nature of our God. Amen? Now let's get back to our story. Look at verse 15. So the younger son went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. You might be like, well, at least he had a job. Okay. <laughs> well, if you really look closer at Jewish culture, it will reveal that pigs were considered unclean animals. I mean, you don't even have to be Jewish to consider pigs to be unclean animals. They're just dirty. Jewish people, the Jewish law forbid them from even, even eating pork. They were not allowed to touch the other white meat. Okay? And because they considered pigs to be the dirtiest of all animals, man, it was just like a taboo for them to even come near one, for them to eat one, or even to be in a restaurant where they prepare one in the kitchen. So for the younger son to be feeding pigs, it was the worst job he could possibly find. His desire to eat the pods that the pigs were eating, that reveals how desperate of a position he was in. He feels worthless. No one will even help him. Everyone's treating him like just dirt. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had something happen in your life that's beyond your control, like a famine? Maybe it's not a literal famine, but it just feels like the same effects of a famine. An accident. You're diagnosed with a disease. You suddenly lose the loved one. Suddenly lose your job. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like things are just beyond your control? It just feels like a famine just hits you. And the worst thing about being in a famine is, at least when you're in a famine, if people are there to help you out, you know, misery loves company, right? It's at least a little bearable. But man, it sucks when no one is helping you out. You're in this desperate situation and no one is willing to lend you a hand. Friends or family that you helped out in the past, they abandon you in your most desperate time of need. You are hurt. You feel betrayed. You reach for the people that you reach for people's help and then they kick you while you're down. They take the occasion to criticize or correct you. They tell you that you deserve it. And you feel like your dignity has just been stolen from you. Have you ever felt like that? Or known somebody that's been in that situation? That's the younger son here. Jesus tells us the younger son felt these same emotions. Now let's look at how did the younger son deal with it. All right. look, 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 look at how he dealt with it. Look at verse 17. Word of God says, When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher men. Jesus tells us that the younger son came to his senses. Now what did this mean? It meant that the younger son decides that instead of starving to death in this foreign country, 
<clears throat> that he would try at least to return to his father <clears throat> and get hired as like a butler or something, you know? Go, go back and, and, and work in his father's household. He believes that it's important to practice what he's going to say because, you know, what you say when you return is very important, right? So as he's making this journey back home, he's rehearsing his I'm sorry speech over and over and over again. I mean, he's got this thing memorized. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your higher men. He just rehearses the speech. Let's look at what happens. Verse 20. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. What an amazing welcome the son receives. That's pretty amazing. This is an extraordinary father. Notice what the son does. Does he start to cry and sob and say, I'm sorry, dad, I just messed up. I'm sorry. Does he start crying and sobbing? I miss you so much. Thank you for the warm welcome. Give me another hug. Okay. Is that what the son does? Look carefully. Son doesn't do any of that. Look at what he does. What's going through his mind? I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's going through his mind. He's filled with shame. As a Jew, he went and he was feeding and working with and touching pigs all the time. He was filled with shame. He feels shame. He, the first thing he's, that he remembers as he sees his father is saying to him, you're as good as dead to me. Give me your inheritance. Give me my inheritance. That's, that's what's going through his mind. His shame. And then squandering all that inheritance on wild living. And by this time, he's in such a desperate condition, he's probably adopted the mindset of a slave. Think about it. The son's been through so much. Why wouldn't he be numb to the father's love? Think about it. He's just numb. Guess what he's doing? He's not hugging his father back. It's, his father is like hugging a tree, right? It's just, he's just standing there and the son is just standing there. And guess what he's doing? He's rehearsing his I'm sorry speech. That's what he's doing. Because he's just so numb so filled with shame. So let's check it out. Verse 21. The son said to him, Father, man, what was the next line? I have sinned against heaven. He's rehearsed this thing. And against you. And he's just spitting it out. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the word of God says, But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's take a feast and celebrate. We're going to have Brazilian barbecue tonight. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And you know, the servants are like, yeah, party time. Now, did you notice what just happened? According to most manuscripts, the son, he never finishes I'm sorry, his I'm sorry speech. He never finishes his I'm sorry speech because the father cut him off with his welcome back speech, with his welcome home speech. Here is the son thinking, man, I, I, better, I better say the right words. How am I, I going to come off to him? And here he is rehearsing and rehearsing. And guess what the father's doing? 
He's rehearsing the welcome home speech. The father had this speech prepared. The party ready. Any day now. When that son returns, I'm going to embrace him, welcome him back. And not only did the father welcome the wayward son home, it's very interesting to note, he also put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. See, these objects symbolized his restoration as a son. You know, I give a ring to my wife. That makes her my wife. Well, in the same context, the ring symbolizes that he's restored as a son. The ring's not like, all right, this is the ring that all the servants in my house get. Here you go. All right, you're going to be doing a lot of work. Your feet are going to be tired. Here's some sandals. Okay, no, 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 no. These are symbols of his restoration. And then he got the barbecue ready. And they had a huge party in his honor. It's pretty crazy. Why would the father throw a welcome back party for a rebellious son? You know, as a, if, I, if I'm a father, you know what I would have done? I would have called a family meeting. <laughs> Honey, we're having a family meeting. Come down right now. That crazy rebellious son of yours has returned back to our house. We need to deal with this. That's how I would do it. Son that squandered all my money. A son that lived such a shameful life. Why would the father do this? What's, what is the point of this story? What is Jesus trying to tell us through this parable? Well, in order to understand the point of this story, it's helpful to look at the two parables that precede it in the same chapter. In Luke chapter 15, there's an earlier parable called the parable of the lost sheep. And Jesus gets to the point of that parable and he says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Jesus is saying, when one person comes into the house of the Father, when he comes into a personal relationship with God, we throw a party in heaven. And then he says, tells another parable, the parable of the lost coin. And he ends it by saying, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner. Who repents? You see, what was happening at the beginning of this chapter of Luke 15? See, Jesus was chilling with tax collectors and sinners. Jesus was chilling with people who were living wild lives. People that were up in the club the night before. People that were strung out on alcohol and drugs. People that were wounded didn't know how to deal with it. So they just numb it away with whatever they can find. He's hanging out with all these sinners. And guess what? The religious leaders and the Pharisees of his day, they were upset about it. They were like, Jesus, how can you do this? You're supposed to be a, a good teacher. You're supposed to be a holy man. And here you are hanging out with all these sinners, these immoral people, these people who have these wild lives. And then you know what made him, made him more upset? I bet when Jesus was hanging out with them, he would laugh a lot louder. They'd be like, ha, 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 that's funny. <laughs> Pharisees will tell a joke and he'd be like, that's funny. That's funny, brother. And then when he's with all, this, all these sinners, he's just laughing out loud. He's having a drink. He's just chilling. And these Pharisees could not rejoice that these sinners... While Jesus is chilling with them, they couldn't rejoice at the fact that they were hearing the word of God and they were responding. They were 
just so hung up on this issue. They were angry. They were angry because when it came down to it, they wanted these sinners to get what they deserve. So Jesus says, man, y'all don't get it, do you? It's the sick who need a doctor. I didn't call, come to call the righteous, but sinners. Learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Man, y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get it. So let me tell you three parables just to reveal to you the heart of God. And so he goes through these parables. So what's the point of the parable of the prodigal son? I'm telling you what the point is. The point is when a person comes to God or comes back to God, God embraces them with compassion and joy. Before you try to rehearse whatever prayer you think you need to pray to get back right with God. God's already been rehearsing his welcome home speech. The I love you, I accept you speech. The we got some work to do. But you know what? You're my son. That's the point of this parable. It's just a simple story. Revealing to us the heart of God. And right now, sometimes skits where you don't use any words can do a mysteriously different effect, can have a mysteriously different effect in revealing the heart of God. So you know what? Right now we're going to show you a skit. That some of our church leaders put together. And it's a skit that's going to reveal to you the heart of the Father. So we just want you to sit there, relax. We'll get the show on the road. All right. Hey, let me get some help here. I'll just hear it for the, the skit team. Put it, put it right here. Put it right here. Put it right here. Thanks. Now, the, uh, the skit you guys saw uh, is called the Everything Skit. And... Um, It's a good song. It's, uh, the name of the band is called Lifehouse, if you want to buy it. It's called Everything. And uh, in the skit, you know, they were, um, it was conveying the heart of the Father. And despite whatever decisions we make for ourselves in life, that God is he's reaching out to us, even when we don't reach out for him. And he makes a way for us. Even when we don't seek his ways. And did you know that for God to rescue you and to welcome you back into his home, into his house, into his arms, that the father had to pay a great price. For you it is free, but for him it was costly. You see, for you to be accepted to the Father's house, someone had to be rejected. For someone else had to be rejected. And the name of that someone is Jesus. You see, you get the best robe because he was stripped naked of his. You get greeted with a kiss because he was betrayed with a kiss. You get a ring for your hand and sandals for your feet because he took the nails through his hands and feet. The father throws his arms around you in love 
Because Jesus threw his arms up upon the cross. Whether you're in here and you are a Christian or non-Christian, or you're in here and you grew up in the church, or maybe you just have a different religion altogether. The message of the Bible is God gave his everything in order to restore you as a son, to restore you to a proper position. You know what? This is good news. Amen. Whether you've been in the church for a year or many, many years, this is good news. And this is news that can be celebrated at least once a month. Can be celebrated every week. In fact, it's going to be celebrated for all of eternity. It's the good news that God gave His Son, Jesus Christ, so that we can have everlasting life. You know, the church, you know, we're, we're supposed to uh, deliver good news. But unfortunately, many people are afraid to go to church because they think that people are going to judge them. And they're probably right. There's a lot of religious, judgmental people in the church, ain't there? I'm a pastor and I would agree with you. Everyone at church appears so pure. People think if somebody found out what I'm really about, what kind of life I used to live, they probably won't accept me. And so they're afraid to open up. Many people are afraid to be vulnerable at church because no one at church seems to have any problems. Or if they do, they don't talk about them. You know, we here at New Philadelphia, we believe that church should be done a little different. The people of this church, we don't pretend to be all polished up. We open up about real issues, real failures, and real hurts. That's because the people here, they have experienced real freedom, real healing, and real grace. And we here at New Philadelphia, we love extending that grace to everyone who comes through these doors. Right now, we want to share our testimonies with you, if that's okay. Because we believe in the power of a testimony. We believe testimonies are powerful. God releases his power when his testimonies are spoken out. And so we each have a story, but this is not our story This is the story of what God has done in our lives, not what we have accomplished. And so we believe if God has done it for us, he will do it for you. And so we have about a little over 20 of us. We want to share our testimonies. But because testimonies can go a little bit long, we decided to put them on pieces of cardboard. If you think this is very creative, it's not our idea. We, we found it on YouTube. <laughs> but it's great. I think it's awesome. There's a lot of churches that have done it. So they're called, they're called cardboard testimonies. I hope that your heart is filled with faith and hope as you witness these testimonies. All right. These are the testimonies of people that have Nothing to hide. 
because they're fully accepted by the Father. And what God has done for many of these here, I believe that God will do for your life if you will trust Him, if you will put your trust in God. The Bible says, no one will be put to shame who puts his trust in God. Right now, I'm going to gonna ask everyone just to bow your heads with me. Bow your heads and close your eyes. As you are uh, sitting there today and you're not a you're not a Christian, I want to give you an opportunity right now to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Psalm thirty-two, verse two says, "Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him." If you will trust in what Jesus the Son did on the cross, God will not count whatever wild living, whatever sins you've committed in the past, whatever failures you ever felt. He will not count any of those things against you. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him. If you want to make the Lord Jesus, if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life here today, and you want to be included in this. We're going to pray in a moment. If you want to be included in this prayer, I just want to ask you just to slip up your right hand. So we know that that's the desire of your heart. And we'll pray with you right now. If you would like to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Just slip up your hand. All right, we're going to pray together right now. And I want you to pray this prayer out loud with me. New Philly, let's, let's all do this together. Let's all bow our heads. Let's pray this so that we can do it all together. Just want you to repeat after me and pray this in your heart to the Lord. Saying, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin today. Thank you for your forgiveness. Through the cross. I put my faith in Jesus. As my Lord and Savior. Take the throne of my heart today. Fill me with your joy. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus name I pray. And that was your first time. Putting your faith in Christ, we believe that you just got born again. If you're just sitting there just to hear what the prayer was about, well, that's the kind of prayer that you would just pray if you wanted to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you're not ready right now, but if you wanted to do that in the privacy of your own bedroom, on a bus, on a subway, wherever you feel like God is just opening up your heart and you just, you are, you just want you're tired of feeling out of control. You're tired of your wild living and you want God to be in control. That's the kind of prayer. You just pray. It doesn't even have to be the same exact words. Remember the son, he never finished his I'm sorry speech. It doesn't really matter what words really come out of your mouth because God sees your heart. And mark my words, if you put your faith in Christ, you will feel the arms of the Father wrapping around you in love before you even finish that prayer. Right now, we're going to open up the front here. We're going to open up the altar. And for the next about six minutes, we're going to try to make this short. For about the next six minutes, I want to invite anyone 
up here who would like to receive prayer. If you just got saved, well, we want to pray with you. I want you to get out your seat and come forward because we want to show you the joy of the Father. Maybe the cardboard testimonies really moved your heart and you'd like to ask God for healing, deliverance, and transformation. Maybe you, you're a Christian and you've been walking astray and living a life with you as at the throne of your heart. But whatever prayer need you have, we're just going to open up the altar right now and our leaders that are, some of our leaders that are standing up here with the cardboard testimonies, they're just going to pray with you. Okay, so we're just opening up for the next six minutes. If you want to come forward for prayer, just stand here at the altar and we'll have our leaders pray for you. Okay? Don't feel like, oh, this is too embarrassing. Okay, that's the devil whispering in your ear. Okay, Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. If there's anywhere that, where prayer needs to happen, it's in the church. All right, and so this is a very natural part of church. It's just a lot of churches have, have kind of lost it. But we want to really restore it here, all right? And so we're going to give an opportunity for some people to get prayed for. So if that's you, uh, we're just going to invite you to come forward. All right. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and share your prayer need, and then our leaders will pray with you. Come on. Holy Spirit's moving in this place right now. You're feeling that tug in your heart. I'm telling you, it's not the caffeine you had this morning. Holy Spirit, He just wants to minister to you. Thank you, Jesus. Do a mighty and deep work here in the hearts of everyone that comes forward. For those who are still sitting there, I just want to invite you, just want you guys to pair up with each other. Maybe somebody you don't know and just introduce yourself. And why don't you offer to bless them in prayer? Why don't just bless each other in prayer? Come on. All over the room. You don't have to be at the altar to do this. Let's just bless each other in prayer. Go to someone that you might not know that well. Just, just bless them. There's an anointing flowing through each and every one of you. All right, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, let's, I'm just going to ask all the, um, the pastors and the prayer team leaders remain up here. All right, we're going to go ahead and close the worship service. Uh, we have refreshments here to your right uh, after the service. Uh, feel free to uh, stick around, get some refreshments, and meet some people. Um, we're so glad... Once again, that you're here. If you've never experienced a good, loving community, we welcome you to join our church. If you're looking for a church, you're looking for a place, uh, a place of refuge. If you're looking for a community, no matter where you are in your spiritual walk, no matter what you've done in your past, as a pastor of this church, I just like to say that you will be fully accepted. And that's just the love of God, and that's the love that we want to reflect here at this church.
So um, we're going to all stand to our feet. And we're going to close the service with a song of praise in the traditional Presbyterian church that we call the doxology. And then I will pray a prayer blessing over everyone. All right, go ahead. Make sure you hold the hand of somebody. Don't be lonely. Oh, sorry. Okay. Let's close the worship service together. Lord God, we just thank you. We thank you for your open arms. We thank you for your welcome home speech. We thank you, God, for hugging us and showing us compassion and kissing us and putting a ring on our, on our hand and sandals for our feet. We just thank you. Lord, you are a great and amazing and majestic God. The universe cannot contain you. And yet, you have promised us that you will dwell in our hearts for all who will trust in the name of your Son. We just thank you for this wonderful good news. I speak blessings over every person in this room right now. May they be filled by the peace of God. And may a new joy will just flood their senses today. And it will be the very presence of the Holy Spirit going with them. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.